interview here. First, we, uh, you know, I speak for us both. One, I want to just say that I wish everyone, I hope everyone had a fantastic, healthy, happy, overfilling, stuff your face kind of Thanksgiving. I, I know I did, and it was, uh, it was nice. And we had a couple of couple of crazy blowouts to watch, and uh, that was really it. How about you, man? How was your Thanksgiving, Vort? It was fantastic. Just kept it small this year with the family, watched football, stuffed our faces. It was everything it should be. So I had a blast. All right, let's uh, let's talk some dolphins. Uh, just gotta, you know, I mean, they, they, there's only a couple of games on their schedule that you can look at and say they could win. Uh, I know you mentioned that this might be the week you pick them. Uh, I don't know if I'm quite ready to do that, but I do agree that this is one of the ones they could win. And I guess it'll depend what direction they go in. Uh, in my opinion, the Jets are either going to uh, continue to play well and get a win, or they're just gonna it's going to fall apart and, and they're not going to get over the hump and they're going to get blown out. I don't think this is going to be a um, a close game that they lose. I could be wrong, of course. I mean, these things happen all the time, but that's just my opinion. I, I am completely unsure which way to go. I could see anything happening here. So why don't you tell me a little bit about what you think, then we'll do a best case, worst case, realistic, like we've been doing. This is the week, my man. It's happening. You're doing it. I'm gonna You're going to with it. Oh, trim. my God. I'm going to go with it. Tell me about it. So first, I'm going to give you my score just to get that out of the way. I'm picking the Jets 27, Dolphins 23. Okay. Do we have a close game where they hold on? Or do they? is it a close game all the way? Do the Jets get out to a lead and hold on? Do they come back? Tell me. Tell me what you're seeing here. <sighs> that's, where you, that's where you're throwing me a curveball. I go back and forth. Uh, I'd like to think that the Jets have a big enough lead to hold on in the fourth quarter. I don't have enough faith in them thinking that they have a last drive and they actually pull out a win. It's one of those two-minute drives where they ended up getting a touchdown. Obviously, since I have a winning by four points, the field goal doesn't do us much good. So I'm going to say that the Jets are going to be going in into the fourth quarter up by 10 points. They allow uh, a score, whatever that may be. But yes, I'll go with the option of the Jets managed to survive and hold on to a lead that they built early on in the game. All right. So Darnold's back this week. So that means obviously 27 points. If it, if there's no crazy stuff, then you're looking at three touchdowns there. So what kind of touchdowns are you looking at? Or did you just throw a score out there? No, I actually sat down and before predicting this week, I uh, crafted some notes, really gave it some thought. I didn't okay. exactly visualize how and when the touchdowns are going to happen. But as far as the keys to a victory, there were three things that are on my mind that absolutely have to happen. I believe the Jets are one of those teams this year, and uh, that's not really a stretch me saying that they have to play a perfect game. I don't, I don't care if they're playing a good team or a bad team. We're not talking about somebody like the Steelers, somebody like uh, the Saints, who can overcome mistakes and still get a W. So I believe the Jets have to play almost a flawless game even though it is the Dolphins. Uh, as far as the keys to victory and how I see them scoring those points, on the offensive side of the ball, three points that I wrote down. Number one, they have to play with the freedom of a team that has nothing to lose. There is no point in being conservative. Open it up. Play a game. Just be free. Don't worry about the mistakes. Play the game. Worry about the next play, the next play, the next play. Uh, the other thing is play to your strength. Allow your wide receivers to make plays. Obviously, everybody has been talking for the past two weeks how finally we have all of our wide receivers healthy. And what did we have to show for it last week? They were hardly involved in the first half. So I want to see them involved. I want to see them getting the ball. I want to see them uh, 
I want to see plays designed for them to stretch the field. If they're your playmakers, play to your playmakers. Let the stars, quote-unquote stars, I lose that term very loosely on the Jets, but let your stars carry you to victory. And the other point, my last point for the offensive side of the ball is something I have to steal from you. They have to get third downs. I always laugh when I think about it because I will, I will <laughs> this season will, I will always remember you saying Adam Gase is absolutely allergic to first downs. But they have to. When it's the third down, especially the third and fourth, third and five, I'm not talking about the third and longs, stay on the field. Keep the drive alive. Get a, get a play that matters. Don't run a goddamn three-yard play on a, on a third and five. Get to the sticks. Get the first down. Get yourself a fresh set of downs to keep the offense going. But the key to me is receivers. They have to be involved. They have to get the ball. And obviously, Darnold has to play a game like we know he's capable of some of the flashes we've seen last season those are my points on the offensive side of the ball before i ramble on too long i want you to jump in and then i'll talk my defensive points are you done okay no i'm just kidding. <laughs> i only did that well you, deserved. you didn't want to well you didn't deserved. want to ram no you didn't ramble on long at all but you said you didn't want to so i had to do it um okay so a couple of notes i jotted down while you were giving me your points and you know, the, the offense has to play free like they have nothing to lose. They have to play to their strengths. Um, I mean, what makes you think that the head coach, who we've been tearing to shreds all year for doing the exact opposite of that, is capable of doing that? Because, I mean, hey, I agree they have to do all of that. But, you know, if unless they come out flying and continue to fly and never get even punched in the face or kicked in the ass or any any kind of, you know, any kind of metaphor you want to use for, for taking taking a hit, I, I don't see Gase doing that enough to to make it matter. Now that doesn't mean they can't win anyway. I mean they almost won last week doing that. They've you know they almost beat New England doing that. So the Jets may not need a perfect game. They just might need that final drive, either a stop on it or the score on it. But I I don't see how suddenly Gase is like, well we're zero and ten. I got nothing to lose. Let's just do this, you know. Or he starts suddenly playing to their strengths. So that might be wishful thinking on your part, or it just might be you saying that's what they actually need to do, and you're hoping it'll happen. But I don't think the Jets necessarily need those things to win. I just don't think Gase is capable of changing his entire personality like that because he'll come out playing free. He'll come out playing to strengths. And then the second someone fumbles or they get stopped or, you know, anything like that, he's just going to he's going to go back into his shell like he always does. And this is where I cannot disagree with you. There is nothing that this season has shown where I can comfortably say, listen, based on X, Y, Z, I see Gase doing it. He's the X factor that's going to fuck it all up. But just me being a little bit of an optimistic darksider, I promise there's going to be one game that I'm going to pick the Jets to win. This is the only one that I logically see happening. Combine that with them opening up the offense last week in the second half. Let's see if they stick with it. So I'm just kind of grasping at the positive straws. Okay. I mean, listen, your positive straws, um, I'm nitpicking at the way you get to those positive straws. They could definitely happen. You could definitely get your win. The Jets could do all of those things without actually doing it the way you said they could because they're capable. They've showed that they are recently. And as well as the Dolphins have played, they are not a a, a, an elite team that the Jets can't get out there and beat. I mean, the Jets are not going to beat the Seattles and the Kansas Cities, and, and as you said, the Pittsburghs of the world, no matter what. Those teams can, can play their worst game of the year. The Jets can play their best, and they're not winning, you know? So I agree with that. So, I, hey, listen, I, I, I don't think I can pick the Jets to win. I think it would be a little too neat 
in that last year at this time, or, you know, a week or two earlier, the, the Jets went in and were, were the Dolphins first win. And then, you know, to get that revenge a year later, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's a little too cute for me, which isn't obviously not analytical in any way at all. It's just, it's that stupid uh, fate we're due, we're not due kind of thing. But I, I don't know. That's just a little too cute that just a year later, the, you know, the Dolphins turned the tables and give the Jets their first, their first win. I, I don't know if I see that happening. So my take is that I think the Dolphins had a little bit of a blip last week. I think, you know, they have a rookie quarterback. I think they ran it. I, you know, and I was t- talking with friends. One of my friends loved Miami. And I was like, I don't know, man. And, you know, Denver is not a good team, but teams go into that altitude. And unless the Dolphins get off to a lead and can hold on, they may have trouble in that altitude, you know? And I don't think that's what happened, but I, I was not surprised that the Dolphins went in and kind of stumbled a little bit in Denver. It just wasn't. A, a lot of teams go into Denver and stumble with that attitude, with that altitude, excuse me. So I think last week was a blip. I think between the altitude and, and you know, and Tua still being a young quarterback and, you know, I know Fitzpatrick came in. I don't know who's starting this week. Is it Fitzpatrick or Tua? I didn't even look. Uh, it looks like it's uh, Fitz simply because Tua has an injured thumb. That's the one thing that I wanted oh, to okay. mention to you He's before we dive deeper into it. Uh, as of today, the, the latest report that I saw, it's um, – He's listed as highly unlikely as far as Tua goes, and all signs are pointing to Fitz getting the start this week. All right, let's see. I, I just looked it up. I wanted to look it up. It says he's expected back in the starting lineup in Week 12, but he's dealing with a thumb injury. He's listed as questionable right now. So Tua may be back. Um, I, I don't know which one I think does a better job. I think the Jets can equally lose to both or equally beat both. I don't know. I really don't have a strong feel on this game at all. I, I just can't pick the Jets to win. I think, um, you know, one of the points you made is is that, you know, Gase will do just enough to fuck it up. He's the X factor. I, I just, I believe in that wholeheartedly because he has showed me nothing this year at all except that he will shoot himself in the foot when he needs to or when something goes wrong. And I just do not see him coming up with the right, um, the right mix of things to get it done to go, to you know kind of complete the job. That is not to say it won't happen because I could totally see it happen, but I I don't think I don't think it's gonna. I really think the Jets are gonna lose every game this year, and it's not a hopeful thing. It's not like I'm saying that because I want it to happen. I just really think they're going to. They're they're terrible. They're, they're poorly coached. Um, some of these kids, you know, you never know. Some of these kids may may really start to pull through. I mean, the, the, the rookies are looking good, and some of these other guys, you know, the second year guy like Williams is looking good. So maybe they put it all together in, in one game, and they all do what they're supposed to do. And you know, Darnold's an X factor too. He hasn't played in a few weeks. Is Darnold going to be able to play as well as Flacco did at times in this offense? I have to jump in and let and tell you something right now. While you were talking uh, and giving me your points and your views. I literally had a light bulb moment and I realized that the reason I'm basing my prediction for the Jets win is based precisely on what you said. No matter who starts, where whether it's Tua or whether it's Fitz, I'm basing the Jets win this season, leaning to the fact that whether it's the rookie or whether it's Fitzpatrick, that the Dolphins quarterbacks are going to have a pretty miserable game. I'm talking about couple of turnovers giving the Jets great field position. So that's actually a, as you were talking, I realized that was a not not a big but an absolutely huge factor in my decision it's that the either the young and inexperienced qb or the old qb who's prone to mistakes at times that has to be a big part of the uh, of the jets win the defense forces a couple of key turnovers and the quarterbacks play like uh, either a rookie can play or a veteran who's been passed around from team to team well, let me ask you this, okay? Um, do you have enough confidence or lack of confidence, whichever way you want to look at it, in Fitzpatrick 
to to realize he did not play all that great, even though the, the Dolphins dominated the Jets. Fitzpatrick didn't play that great. He had a couple of good drives early, threw those interceptions. It really wasn't great. He kind of, you know, if he was playing a decent team, he probably doesn't, the Dolphins don't dominate that game. So, and then he got benched like the week after that. So my question for you is, do you think Fitzpatrick has enough in him to be angry enough to have a good game here if he does play? Or is you know the fact that he's a mutt and and can and is so inconsistent gonna gonna actually be the, the overriding factor there? So I think to me he's the one quarterback over the last five years that I would never ever predict if he can have a good game or a bad game on the upcoming week. He's the ultimate coin flip. He can show up against a good defense. All of a sudden the guy throws for 350, three touchdowns, makes a couple of running plays, and then the next week you're penciling him in against a bad team. He has three interceptions, one return for a touchdown in the first half, and you're just scratching your half your head wondering what happened to the guy from last week. So I can't make a logical prediction. There's it seems like there's absolutely no logic when it comes to which Fitzpatrick is gonna show up. But obviously just being a Jet fan, the fact that he was a Jet if there is one game that the Jets can emotionally get up for, it this has to be it. It's a division rival. It's the last logical chance against a beatable team. Adam Gase can use every trick in the book. This is my old team. Win it for me. If if this is if it's not this week, it's not happening this season period. So I just combine all of those things and just hopefully all of them lumped up together will be enough for a close win. Yeah, I just I can't see them finishing the job. They've they've shown too much that they can't, and I really do believe that they are either going to get blown out or they're going to win. I don't think they have it in them to win a close one, whether they have to hold on or whether they have to sneak out a last second victory. I don't see that. I think it, it, it's like you, you got a you got a slingshot here, right? You pull the thing all the way back, and it's and it's at that it's at the furthest point the furthest point right now. And if you let it go, it's either going to snap on your hand, and and whatever you have in there is going to go nowhere, or or it's going to go really far. So, you know, you can use that for whichever side you want, either the Jets or the, or the whatever's in the in, in the slingshot and is going to take off if they win, or it could be that it's just going to, they're going to lose whichever way it is. I think that either Miami comes out and smokes them again, or the Jets win. I don't, I don't really see um, the Jets having it in them to continue to play these close games because they, they, they don't win the close games. And if it is another close one, I think they're going to lose. So let me run a couple of defensive points that I wanted to get your opinion on. The, uh, I had three sure. points. The first one is obvious. Uh, they have to get off the field on third downs. Sounds obvious. It's a point for every winning team. But goddamn, Rabo, I am sick and tired of the Jets. Third and 14, third and 12, third and 10. And they cannot get off the field, whether it's a dumb penalty or it's a back-breaking play that keeps the drive alive for the offense. That can't happen this week. The other thing that gives me hope is Miami Dolphins are not exactly loaded with offensive talent. They have Devontae Parker. And the Jets have to. They have to, have to, have to limit him. I'm not talking about shutting him down. We don't have the defensive talent to do that. But we can't have... We can't have this week what happened with Keenan Allen last week, where by halftime, the guy had a game's worth of stats. Double him. Triple him. Do what you have to do. Don't let the best player, who is clearly, in my opinion, the best player on a somewhat limited Dolphins team, don't let the best player beat the Jerry Rice and beat you single-handedly. Focus on him. See if anybody else can step up and be the star that the Dolphins will need if you take away their best weapon. That's the biggest thing. If you allow Parker to go crazy, yes, I don't. 
again, I'm going back to what I said. They have to be almost perfect, even though it's the Dolphins. It's not the world beaters. The Jets have to be pretty flawless. And obviously, my biggest point is force the Dolphins quarterbacks, whoever it may be, whether it's Fitz or Tua, force them into a couple of mistakes. And by that, I mean turnovers. you got to get at least two takeaways and give your offense a short field. The thing is, we've gone over this a couple of times, too. The Jets do force takeaways, but they never take advantage of them. And they, they manage to lose games anyway, even when they get when they win the takeaway battle. So they, they, the Jets are just such a weird wild card this year because you can't predict anything. They they go against all football logic. They go against anything that any, you know, football uh, guru, uh, whatever, like the football genius Adam Gase is supposed to be. Any football person you listen to tells you you're supposed to do these things to win a game. The Jets do them and they still lose. So they defy logic on every level every single week. So you, you really don't even know what to expect. And you're right, on paper, the Jets should, if you took the, the Dolphins and put them in the, in the same game as the Chargers last week, the Jets should dominate that game because they, the Dolphins don't have anywhere near the number of, of offensive weapons that the Chargers do. And the Jets, you know, couldn't contain Allen because then they had Hunter Henry. And without Hunter Henry, there's Mike Williams. The, the Dolphins don't have any of those guys. And, you know, Herbert, that, that one play we spoke about with that touchdown pass, to uh, Keenan Allen, I, you know, I don't think Fitzpatrick's got that in him, you know, at least not consistently. And I don't think Tua does either. He hasn't been like a, a huge offensive force. Uh, you know, the first game that they won with him in there was 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 three, you know, two or three defensive touchdowns. I mean, he's had a couple of nice games, but he hasn't shown that he can get in there and dominate a game either. So you may be right from that standpoint. Uh, I am not necessarily thinking logically. I'm thinking like a Jet fan in this case. Of course, of course. And for once, I'm I'm being a little less analytical and more, you know, kind of uh, Shirley MacLaine-ish, uh, you know, uh, voodoo out there and saying that, you know, it, it's a little too cute for the Dolphins to to beat the Jets after the Jets beat them last year. And, you know, the Jets, are, they, they're due and all of that stupid shit. I mean, that's that's garbage. I realize it's garbage, but that's, that's that just I just can't. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of covering up the fact that I can't really come up with a solid analysis of the game. I mean, I like yours. I don't necessarily have to agree with it to like it and say it makes a lot of sense. Uh, but I, I really don't have a strong feel for the game. So, you know, with that said, we can we can do best, worst, and realistic if you don't have anything else you want to add, or um, if you do, then please go right ahead and do so. Yeah, just one quick point. Uh, exactly what you said about Tua definitely came into my mind when I was thinking about the game. Even the games that Tua has won before he was benched last week, he hasn't looked like the world beater. He hasn't looked like the rookie who came in and ready to set the world on fire. They've been very, very conservative with him. And like you said, the team really rallied around him. So that definitely uh, that definitely played a role in my decision. If Tua starts and hopefully the Dolphins are a little conservative, he can make a couple of mistakes. So you nailed it yet again. Uh, before I jump into the best case, worst case scenario, I am going to press you and ask you for your prediction for the game. Before you go through all of that, I wanted to ask you because it, it, you're you're speaking like a Jet fan. Of course, you are a Jet fan. You're speaking, and, and the way you're speaking, you're saying things like "hopefully this" and "hopefully that." Are you actually now, aside from wanting to be right, are you rooting for the Jets to win this game, or are you still on that you can't root against them, but you know, in the end, you hope they lose kind of thing? Because it sounds an awful lot like you actually want them to win. I think you said it last week, and uh, it's a phrase that I can't disagree with. I will never be the guy, even though it makes sense, we want Trevor Lawrence. I just can't turn on the game on a Sunday and actively root for the Jets to lose. Can't do it, will not do it. Just uh, I might as well stop rooting for the team altogether if I do that. The best way I can describe it is I just have a feeling that this is the week they can pull it off. But if they, but if they're gonna lose, they will not break my heart. Like, uh, 
Last year, when we went to Cincinnati, you took me to my first road game. I was heartbroken to see them lose to an 0-10 team. Being there live, I was like, "What a fucking!" I was like, "We chose a great trip. We're gonna, we're definitely gonna see them win the game." So no, I'm not gonna have that level of heartbreak and devastation because I know in the bigger picture, I'm fine. I'm fine with them going 0 and 16. But when the game kicks off at one o'clock and I'll be watching it, and if they stay close, yeah, I'm gonna have a little bit of optimism. I'm not gonna be sitting in the second half of a close game saying, "Fuck, fuck." I hope the Jets find a way to blow it. Just right. cannot do it. Yeah, I'm I'm similar page, slightly different. I I want them to lose. I'm not. I am not going to make any bones about that. And and any of these people who want to talk about me being a fake fan can scratch their asses after how many rebuilds I've been through. But I, I do want them to lose. I you know I don't want them to win. I but I cannot root for them. You know, so I'll say that now. And after the game is over, if they lose, I will be relieved. But during the game, I cannot sit there watch watch the Jets make a big play and say, "God damn it, what the hell!" And then watch a team make a play against them and go, "Yeah, I can't do that. I just can't. It's not in me." I've I've tried to do that. Like I'll say the words, "Yeah, all right, I guess that's good for us." But inside, I'm happy or, or sad, depending on the situation. So I'm a little different in that uh, I'm not gonna, you know, pretend I'm sitting here rooting for them before the game starts or after the game ends that I wish they had won. I don't. I, I do want them to lose. I want them to go 0-16. I want this to be a historically bad year so they actually do get rid of Adam Gase. I don't want any of that shit from last year where he won a few games and so many people optimistic that they had turned the corner. Bullshit. Get the hell out of here. And I want the franchise quarterback. Everywhere you read, the guy is the real deal. He's the next big thing. You know, every most years there's two guys that are supposed to be pretty good. Every once in a while you get a year where there's no real quarterbacks. And of course some of them turn out to be good. But it is not more than every five, six, seven, eight, whatever it is years that a guy comes out that is the consensus, no doubt about it, going to be a big guy. And most of the time, most of the time, I'm not going to say all, but most of the time, these guys are not wrong about that guy. Okay. Most of the time when they're when they're wrong, a guy goes number one, it goes number two or whatever. It's a guy that that people had questions about and, and a team took anyway because they saw something like like Kyler Murray is a great example. No one had him as a can't miss. He turned into something good. If the Cardinals had drafted him and he was a bust, they would, you know, people would, would have been like, oh, there's another number one bust. But they kind of took a chance on him, you know. Lawrence, Luck, Manning, um, Elway, you go back to all of these guys, very, very rarely do these guys that they hype up as a can't miss, he's the next guy like this, do they miss? And I want that quarterback. And if they screw it up, they screw it up. But I want the guy. For once in my miserable fandom of this team, I want that guy. You know, even, Darnold doesn't even count because he went third. If he was that guy, there was no doubt people would have drafted him for, first, you know. This guy is supposedly, by all accounts, the next big thing. He's got all the talent, blah, 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 blah. I, I'll, I'll stop. I'm rambling. So all of that, just to say that I want them to go 0-16 or 1-15, if that'll get them to pick. I want that quarterback because I, I am looking three and four and five years down the road where the Jets – Turn, turn it on and turn that corner and then and then entertain me for 10 years. That's what I'm looking for. I am sick and tired of moral victories. I'm sick and tired of these big wins you don't expect and being happy for a half hour and then realizing how much damage it did. I am sick of it. And I, and I, and I totally mean it. I am not just saying it. I'm freaking backing it up. I want the Jets to lose. I want them to lose. I do not want them to win. Period. End of story. I do want to piggyback on that statement really quickly. I agree with you. Trevor uh, Lawrence seemed to be the unquestioned franchise quarterback. I want the guy. I don't want to. I, I don't even want to entertain the possibility of missing on a guy. So even though I want and I'm picking the Jets to win this week, I hope that if they do win, this is the 
This is the only game that they even come close to sniffing a victory this season. I don't need any stupidity of, hey, let's win a couple of more. We're helping guys build confidence. We're getting momentum for next year. No. Bullshit. Fuck that. Exactly. Fuck getting Trevor Lawrence. Well, Trevor Lawrence, yeah, it's a franchise quarterback, a coach coming in here who, who actually inspires confidence and turns it around, a good draft, a good free agent signing where the team has a little bit of, a little bit of, uh, you know, excitement around it heading into training camp. And yes, Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence and the coach are going to give those guys confidence. At this point, we're in fucking week 12. We've played 10 games and lost them all. You know, the Jets have turned it around a little bit. These guys are getting some experience. They look good. The young guys, for the most part, all the young guys that needed to look good are looking good, which is great. And uh, they, they, they can stop their progression right there if it's going to cost us that number one pick. They can they can progress in training camp next year with a full training camp. Absolutely. Yeah, a full training cramp, a full tr- cramp, full training camp, a full preseason. They can progress then. They've, they've seen plenty of progression this year where they've almost stole they've almost stole their future away. We don't need them to do that anymore. And that, that does not make me a fake fan. It makes me a fan who who is, is sick and tired of, of being at best eight and eight and striving for nine and seven and hoping that somebody on the Patriots gets hurt so we could win the freaking division that's what we have to hope for is somebody gets hurt and we can sneak the division in. get the get out of here with that shit i want to be the goddamn patriots i understand it's not going to happen where they're going to win me six super bowls i don't have i'm not living 200 years and i yeah <laughs> I, just, I just want i i want the jets to be that team that's in contention every year i'll take i'll take the packers right i'll take the franchise quarterback who has them there every year doesn't win every year he's only won one super bowl he's been you know he's he's in that championship game every year they win the division every year i'll take my chances on with one super bowl and 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 a chance for others to have that situation where that quarterback makes everybody better makes the entire organization credible what aaron Rodgers does is it doesn't matter who's in that lineup he makes them all better and that team is always considered a threat always and that's what i want okay i i am not saying i want them to be the packers because that's only one super bowl in in 12 12 years that i you know i'll take that at this point but if you give me a guy who for 12 straight years puts us in every conversation, that's all I can ask for, and let's do it. And we've we've never even – we haven't had a guy for two straight years, much less 12. I'm on board 150% because simple enough, what I took from uh, what you just rambled on about is the fact that you just want to go into a season and week to week into every game just knowing we have a chance. You don't want to be the favorite. You don't want to guarantee that we're going to win the Super Bowl, even though that would be nice. You just want to know that we have a chance. The foundation is there, and the guy can get us a W any given week. Yeah, that's exactly what I want. I said I started this off by saying I want to be the Patriots, and it's unrealistic to be the Patriots. I'm not going to win 17 straight division titles. I'm not going to win 14 games every year. But you know, I'll back off of that and say that when I say I want to be the Patriots, I'm using that as the high, highest held model I can. The team that's always there, always whatever. I'll take the Seattle's of the world. They still only won one Super Bowl. I'll take Green Bay. I will take who else can I say that that's been in there every year? You know, I mean, shit. If you want to look at the last one. couple of years, I'll I'll even take the Rams. New coach comes in, franchise quarterback, trip to the Super Bowl. Uh, They missed the playoffs last year, but they're constantly in it. They're winning games. They're battling for a playoff spot. That's all I want. I want to have relevant games. 
and their story is not completely written yet. They're only, you know, they're only four years into this project. You know, talk to me, talk to me six years from now when they're 10 years into it and Goff is either, you know, has either fallen off the earth or gotten him to a couple of more Super Bowls and, and won one, whatever. Yeah, I mean, the Rams could be an example of where the Jets could be three or four years from now. Absolutely. I would take that and I wouldn't even, you, you could put that contract in front of me and I wouldn't even freaking hesitate to sign it. I don't care what the rest of the contract says. I will take the Rams, I will take the Jets being the Rams in four years right now without any kind of hesitation whatsoever. So yeah, Rams, Chiefs, obviously the Chiefs already won a Super Bowl. So, you know, if we had this conversation at this time last year, I would have taken the Chiefs too. I would have taken a quarterback who, who, who you know, rises to the occasion and has everybody around him better and is in contention every single year. Yeah, Chiefs. All right? Now they've won the Super Bowl, but their story's still, still young as well. You know, 10 years from now, that could be their only Super Bowl. I bet, I bet you we all thought Russell Wilson was going to win a couple more Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. Certainly Aaron Rodgers, you know. So yeah, you want to give me the Chiefs minus the Super Bowl? Okay, I'll, I'll take the Chiefs from the last three years without the Super Bowl too. I mean, there's, there's a, you know, I'll take the what the Eagles looked like a few years ago until Carson Wentz suddenly turned into a Jets quarterback. I mean, this this is what I want. Is is <laughs> this is what I want? I want that contention that that quarterback who is going to make your team better. And that's the one common thing in all of these teams: the quarterback. It's not it's not the defense anymore. It's not like the Ravens in the early two thousands or all these teams in the nineties. The defense doesn't do it much. Your offensive talent is only take you so far. It is quarterback, quarterback, quarterback combined with a creative and. Um, a creative, innovative, and and solid coach, and that and that's really what it boils down to. So that's that's the other part of it. One and one, one and one A is Trevor Lawrence, the, the franchise quarterback, and one A is is the solid coach. Because without you know, if we only get one of those things, we are we are going to just struggle to be you know that playoff contention team. I want more than playoff contention. It's going to be the typical Jets cycle of the coach doesn't have the quarterback, or the quarterback doesn't have the right coach. We have to get it right. We have to get the perfect marriage going. All right. So that was a very long diversion, but let's do some uh, some best, worst, and realistic. Okay. My, my best case scenario, obviously, for the Jets is a win. The Jets come out. Uh, Darnold you know, starts to take advantage of some of the weapons he has not had all year. <laughs> because, I mean, let's face it, Darnold hasn't, hasn't had his re- – he hasn't had more than one of these guys in the lineup at any given time. Um, and, and, you know, let's, one thing we haven't mentioned, what if Chris Herndon turned it around with those two nice catches last week? What if suddenly stop, Chris Herndon becomes Stop, the stop, stop. Did you drink for this podcast? <laughs> We're 12 weeks into the season. The guy has one game with two solid catches, and all of a sudden you're drinking the Kool-Aid. This is it. I know. Turn I'm not drinking Kool-Aid. I say, what if? What if? Because I mean, he had the connection with Darnold, you know? So anyway, point is, is that Darnold has not had any of these weapons the whole time, and if he can get these weapons going – then the jet the jets could win this game they could even win it big if the dolphins play, if the bad dolphins show up the jets could win this game big so best case scenario the jets win in a blowout don't blow it and they win something like uh you know 27 to 10 27 13 something like that my worst case scenario is that the jets get blown out because if the jets are going to um if they're not going to win they are going to get blown out. I, I strongly feel the Jets have, too, you know, as I mentioned earlier on, they have too much tension one way or the other, and and something's got to snap. It, it's an equal reaction to how much tension there is because they've been coming so close, so so close, so close. They will either have a letdown and get blown out, or they will win the game. So if they win the game, I think they win it big. If they lose the game, I think they lose it big. And, you know, the worst case would be, you know, the Jets revert to what they've been. Darnold turns out that he's just, you know, he's regressed badly and the team doesn't respond to him. And maybe he doesn't read defenses that well and all of these things that you worry about because, you know, Flacco's the veteran that's doing the things Darnold can't. And the Jets, the Jets get smoked, you know, 34 to 13, 34 to 10, 34 to 9, something like that. Um, realistically, 
Now, even though I say it won't happen because I'm, I'm going on the on the mystic crap, it's probably going to be a close game. I mean, it's two division rivals there, you know, roughly equally talented to at some point. I think the Dolphins have the much better coach. Obviously, they have you know they have um, you know a little bit more talent on on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, so realistically, it's a close game. I think the Jets could lose a close game, even though I said they wouldn't. Um, so I say realistically, the Jets probably lose a tight one like they always do. And, and you know, I don't know, 27, 24, 30 to 23, something like that, you know, 24 to 20 and in that kind of area. So my final prediction will be that that the Jets are going to uh, that the tension is going to snap and the Jets are going to get crushed. And I'm going to go something like 30 to 30 to nine. Let's just say 30 to nine. No touchdowns. Wow. Donald is on, major majorly on the hot seat and um and uh, you know and the quarterback controversy becomes real if you put us in two separate rooms blindfolded us covered our ears never in a million years would i've picked and i and i like to think that i understand i i learned a lot of um just fandom from you i would have never ever seen you go in that i, I could see you picking the dolphins to win even somewhat handily but this one just knocked my socks off did not see that prediction right. coming a mile away I want to throw my best case, worst case scenarios at you really quickly. See your thoughts. My best case scenario is the Jets win. And my prediction of 27-23 is pretty much my best case scenario for this week. I just simply don't see the Jets as having enough talent, enough coaching, enough anything positive to win big. Uh, And by big, I mean uh, touchdown plus. So to me, I'm kind of my prediction is based on a best case scenario. That's why I said the Jets need to be almost perfect this week. So that's my best case, 27-23. And the way I see it happening is twofold. Number one, Dolphins quarterbacks play like absolute trash. Couple of key turnovers, giving a short field that we can actually convert into touchdowns. And the other point is exactly what you touched on. Sam Darnold has all his weapons. They click and they actually look like a legit NFL offense. The worst case scenario in my book is Dolphins win by 10 plus. Uh, to me, I know as bad as we are, if you lose this game to a I don't want to say struggling because the Dolphins are above 500, but if you show up to this game with many of us fans, uh, even some prognosticators, I guess, are thinking that this is somewhat of a possibility of a winnable game for the Jets and you lose by two scores, that's a pretty damn bad day at the office. So my worst case scenario is they lose by 10 points plus. That's going to be pretty embarrassing. And again, one of those things where even though you lose by 10, it looks a lot easier on the eyes than it does on paper so somebody might look on paper and say oh 10 points it was uh, it was close no it might have been 17 late in the fourth and the Jets get a garbage time touchdown so my worst case scenario is lose by two scores and it's not even as close as the score indicates and the way I see that happening is Fitzpatrick plays like Fitzmagic gets three touchdowns just uh, everything he touches turns to gold and uh, the biggest fear for me that will let the game get away is if the Jets go down by two scores in the first half, that's that's when you call it a day. You know that uh, between Gase and Darnold, this is not the offense where Darnold is going to drop back. We're going to open it up and suddenly we score 17 un- unanswered points to win the game. So my worst case scenario is uh, going down by two scores and just unable to stop Fitzpatrick and unable to generate anything on the offensive side of the ball. And they fold the tents and go home. Absolutely. Just literally going to, the typical Jets, we're down by two scores. Let's just play it out till the final whistle. Let's go home to our families. 
some of us are lucky enough to have a contract. Some of us will be playing somewhere else. But uh, just the typical, basically, the worst case scenario is what we've had for the past 10 games. And realistic? This week, I'm aligning my realistic and my best case. Realistically, I see the Jets winning a close one, but uh, I also believe that's the best case scenario if the Jets play a perfect game. And if it's going to happen this season, this is the week. So my best case scenario and my realistic outcome are kind of aligned this week. I'm going to submit my final answer. Jets 27, Dolphins 23. I just wanted to touch one other of your points before we go. And we have one Facebook post this week. There weren't a ton of them. I haven't been on as much, but it's a doozy. But before we do that, uh, the Sam Darnold thing, okay? Now, we talked about Flacco jumping in and maybe being a a veteran quarterback. And, you know, then his first game, he looked bad. And we've never really talked about how he he's he's looked a lot better lately. We've we've said the team has looked good and things are coming around, but maybe we're not giving Flacco enough credit for being that that veteran quarterback we actually said he would be four or five weeks ago, whenever it was, because the team looks pretty good at times. They're not good enough to look good for a whole game. The question is, and, and I'll ask you, you know, do you think Darnold can step in and do what Flacco's been doing? So it's a chicken or the egg. Has it been the offense this whole time that has held Darnold back? Or has Darnold and his inability to read defenses stare his guys down, a lack of progression, happy feet, blah, blah, blah. Has Darnold not been able to succeed in the offense? So you tell me which one it is, because if it's option B, then the Jets could be in for a long day. So my answer is twofold. Number one, uh, you asked, can Darnold do it? My answer is yes, I believe he can, simply because I don't think Flacco has done anything spectacular. He did make some big plays. Yes, based on last season when we saw healthy Sam Darnold, I believe he's capable. Will he do it or won't he is a whole different discussion, but is he capable of doing it uh, this Sunday? Yes, I believe so. The other thing is, this is also the week that's going to answer that exact question for me. Rabo, if he doesn't take any shots deep, if he drops back, he has time and he's constantly dumping it off to the tight end, to the running back. If he doesn't take any shots to stretch the field, even though the offense calls for it, even if it's a one-on-one 50-50 ball, you can draw interference, you can get a catch, uh, you, the receiver can win a one-on-one battle. If Sam Donald doesn't take a couple of those chances to stretch the field, that's that's it. Stick a fork in him, he's done. I don't care if he plays another down for us this season. That will answer the big question for me as far as Sam in the Jets uniform. I, that answer is pretty much written already, but if he doesn't take any shots deep, if he doesn't give his receivers a chance to make a big play, that tells me that there's something... There's something there that cannot be overcome, at least not uh, in the Jets uniform for him. He's he's either afraid, he's either not seeing something, but that's uh, that's actually the big thing that I'll be looking forward to this week. I was thinking about it as well. I want to see if he'll take those deep shots that Flacco felt very comfortable taking and letting receivers trying to make a play. See, one of the things we're underestimating a little bit, not a lot, because we're not NFL coaches and we don't have like inside knowledge of the, these plays and how they run and everything. But I think one of the things that from a, a, a more knowledgeable fans perspective that we are, are both missing, at least until I brought it up and then, you know, you, you made a great point about it and I'm about to make another one is that, you know, Flacco looked terrible the first week or two in the offense, but he hadn't played with them at all. I mean, he wasn't getting first team snaps. You know, he's, he's new to the team. He'd been hurt. It's not like he could be out there practicing when he was, when he wasn't playing at all. Uh, so it took Flacco a little while to assimilate himself. So it, it it becomes either a very strange coincidence or there's a lot to it. 
that Flacco being a veteran guy who can read defense a little better really made the offense better because the Jets, you know, is it a coincidence that the last three games the Jets have been in every single game, nearly won a couple of them, or is it, or is it just, you know, that, that the offense finally is coming around. They got the receivers back and, you know, and Donald could step in and do the same thing. I think that is a very big question that we obviously will answer this week. I think we'll know our answer sometime in the second quarter. If Darnold is going three and out and throwing into double coverage and missing wide open guys so he can dump off, like you said, to the running back when there's a guy running by himself out there, which happened a lot with Darnold. If you go look up some of these, I guess they're on YouTube by this point, but some of these guys who break it down pointed out one or two times a game where you know, Darnold was on the run and Crowder is, is 15 yards down the field standing by himself. And Darnold either throws the ball away, runs out of bounds or, or dumps it off to another guy who wasn't open, you know. So all again, I, I'm, I'm rambling about a point, but Darnold may actually just have not progressed at all. And we could still look at him the same exact way. We don't have to change our opinion on him. He has had no no proper teaching. He's had no proper development, know anything, we could still look at him the exact same way. And that could still be the answer that Darnold will step into the same offense and not have it look good. And if that's the case, then, you know, then that you're right. That tells us pretty much everything we need to know. And I'm pretty convinced of that anyway. I think he could probably look much better than he has looked, but I don't think he's going to get it to the same level as, as Joe Flacco got it. I really don't. I think Flacco knowing how to read defenses and, and having a few weeks with the playbook, you know, had the jets a little bit better. And then when the receivers came in, he got them a lot better to where they almost won games. And if you had a, a let's say Flacco was their quarterback this year, Donald didn't exist. You know, it's possible the Jets go four and twelve. You know, it, it really is. It's possible, Very possible that with Flacco in there. Yeah, P- Flacco from the beginning. The Jets go four and twelve. There's a couple of those early games right now. They're zero and ten. That, you know, the Jets could be three and seven right now, two and eight, something like that. I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that that Flacco is not getting enough credit for. You know, everybody's saying that the that the, um, you know Gase gave up the play calling and the receivers are back and everybody's healthy and whatever. But I, I think maybe people are sleeping on the fact that that you know. Flacco's been in the league for 12 years, came up with a with a with one of the best organizations in the entire league and uh and needed a little bit of time to get into things and did did fairly well until his receivers came back and then did very well. I think people are sleeping on that fact. They really do. To me, by this Sunday night or Monday, whenever we do our recap show, I will no longer be on the fence. There's not going to be any bullshit of the Jets lost, but oh, he, the Donald just missed three games. The timing wasn't there. No. By this Sunday night, I'm going to be very cut and dry. It's either going to be, look, Sam had a good game and the results spoke for themselves. I wish him all the luck. Hopefully he put something good on tape for another coach in the NFL. Or it's going to be, look, no more excuses. You can make excuses until the cows come home. This was another typical Donald and Gay's performance. Turnovers, inefficiencies, missed wide receivers. He has all the weapons. He, I actually think it's a benefit that he got to sit, sit out for a couple of weeks. Just observe, study. This is it. This is the week. No more excuses. Either Sam, great job. You got it done. You look like we hope you can you look like we all knew you could. It's just not consistent enough uh, to be our long-term answer. Or no more excuses, no more answers. You are what the stats and the results say you are. And that's absolutely inefficient garbage. I 100%. We, we, we end the podcast almost anyway. We end the podcast on in full agreement on that point. Sam Darnold has, has 
basically had the you know the car warmed up for him and you know the car the car was in bad shape you know we don't know whose fault it was but Flacco's got the car humming pretty good he's got it warmed up now Sam Darnold's going to get in the car and he's, is he going to shift it into neutral and stall it or is he going to take off you know that's that's basically where we are right now you're 100 percent right okay you ready for one ridiculously stupid Facebook post always let me find this okay here's a, here's a guy who uh, obviously um, does not <laughs> want the Jets to trade uh to trade to, to get to get lawrence he wants to trade it but this then wait to hear his solution okay what about this trade down get a king's ransom for trevor lawrence pick ride it out with sam for a little longer and while building the vehicle around him go after arch manning in three years once the other holes are filled like cornerback oh offensive guard wide receiver <laughs> i don't even know where to start but i'll just focus on the main point I'll just focus on a couple of main points and I'll let you share your thoughts as well. Number one, you're basically giving up a guy who is widely and pretty much unanimously unanimously recognized as the quarterback, the franchise cornerstone, and you're willing to give him up to stick it out with Sam. And number one, you're basically already assuming that the, the Manning kid is going to be like his brothers, not his brothers, I'm sorry, his uncles, cousins, whatever, uh, he falls in that tree, but you're assuming that you're assuming yeah so you're assuming number one he's going to be a typical manning number two you're basically saying let's suck for another three goddamn years so we can get manning while we can get a quarterback now and in three years hopefully we're contenders real contenders but no let's just prolong this goddamn project for another three years for a question mark that we don't even know he's going to stick to football in in three years (laughs) he's in freaking high school oh lordy lord I have very similar thoughts to you. Uh, my one, my one point about it is this: there, there seems to be a lot of people out there, and I used to believe this too. Because again, if you really want to think completely emotionally and root for only wins and can't can't understand why the team is going to do this, that, the other thing, then you can do that. But there is no conventional wisdom that says you should build the team and then go get the quarterback. It doesn't work that way. You build everything at the same time and and the quarterback's the most important part because if you get a quarterback, you develop him, he makes the players better, he makes the team more attractive, he does all of these things for you. If you start building a team and have a bunch of guys on rookie contracts, let's say the Jets trade all these picks and they get, you know, another first rounder this year, another one and they just have six first rounders the next two years, four second rounders whatever, they're going to have a bunch of kids and by the time that by, by the time they draft Arch Manning and overpay Sam Donald. These guys' rookie deals are all going to be up. They're not going to be able to keep them yeah. all to, for, for the quarterback. So, and, and that's that's something these guys overlook. It's this is basic shit you can look up anywhere you go. You get the quarterback on the rookie deal. You get a bunch of guys, you know, because the Jets have one one year of these guys right now, and that's what Douglas did. He cleaned everybody out. You have Win, Quinn Williams going into his third year next year, and you have everybody else going into their second at best. And you have Trevor Lawrence, if you know, knock on wood. That's me knocking on wood. You have Jeremy <laughs> Lawrence hopefully coming in here with a bunch of guys on their rookie contracts, and you build them all together. And then if Trevor Lawrence turns out to be the real deal, eventually you're going to have to figure out which ones you keep, which ones you let go. But building the team first and then bringing in a rookie quarterback is ridiculous because nobody's going to want to, after three years and, and they're ready to contend, sit with a rookie quarterback and have them held back. You do that because it happens. You don't, you don't purposely do that. You bring a quarterback, you then you try to surround them with weapons, and then you see which one of those weapons you're going to keep, which ones you can get rid of. Also, I just realized as we were talking about this post, this guy is clearly not a long-term Jet fan because if you look at his statement logically, we should draft Trevor Lawrence, 
if you look at the history of us developing quarterbacks, in three years, we're going to be talking about Trevor Lawrence being a washout, and we're going to be lined up for Manning anyway. We didn't get him anyway. <laughs> so, so why would we skip on Lawrence this year? Let's ruin another quarterback. We have three years to completely demoralize and dismantle any talent he, he had. Exactly. Why why should we let someone else get him and freaking have him dominate when we can destroy him ourselves and you know hand, handcuff the rest of the league? That, there you go. I didn't even think of that. That's brilliant. That's three years oh of God. Lawrence, and then we still get Manning. It works out perfectly. So, Rabo, before I let you go, what's your final score for this week? Yeah, I mean, I said 30 to 9 earlier. I think I'm going to give the Jets a touchdown in there. So I am going to say, oh, it can be a touchdown with a missed extra point. I'm going to say the final score is the, the Dolphins 30, the Jets 13. I'll, I'll, I'll give the Jets a touchdown of two field goals instead of uh, three field goals. How about that? I believe the line this week is Dolphins plus seven. So you think the Dolphins are going to comfortably cover this week. And uh, I'm going to stick with my prediction. The Jets with their one and only win this season, 27-23. You are on the books. Let's see. Uh, yeah, Dolphins are favored by seven on the road. But the Dolphins will probably be 10-point favorites in Miami. So I, you brought up the spread. I didn't think you Yeah, Dolphins by seven. I say the Dolphins cover. And you obviously are going to want to bet the Jets on the money line, which will make you some money. This is the week. I feel it, and I can't wait to talk to you Sunday night or Monday to recap the first win of the Jets season. Let's do it Sunday night. You got a deal? All right. You got a deal? You got a date for Sunday night. <laughs> can't wait, buddy. Have a good weekend. Talk to you then. Bye.